tonight. Tonight is uh, something that has always been near and dear to Summer and myself. And if you didn't notice, we have a, a, a larger family than most people. And we would probably continue to have a larger family if uh, the uh, back would have held up. Uh, it's not her fault. Um, but we love family. And the family is so important. And it's so important not only to, to uh, one, trust and, and live for the Lord, but to understand the attack of the enemy against the family. And it typically begins with the marriage. Uh, but tonight we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, verses 22 through 33, and you can turn there. But this is something that's so dear to us, and it's, it's something that thrills my heart. Uh, and, and it's not pride, it just, it, it, it just kind of clarifies, not clarifies, but um, seconds the, what we know the Lord has called us to do. When we hear people say, we love to come to, to, to church or have never been. We feel like it's just family. And because that's what we are in the Lord. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. But in Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, Paul is writing, and we've been in Ephesians for quite some time, and he's writing, and, and uh, no, I'm not, we're not going to talk about uh, uh, choke-holding anybody and submitting that way and all that stuff and uh, Jason was joking when he came in, you're talking about submission tonight, Pastor. And uh, I was like, yeah, well, not, probably not the way you think. But uh, anyway, Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, and it's Paul writing, and, and uh, he's given instruction. Because chapter 5 is full of, of, of commands, if you will. Wisdom, practical learning from the Word. And uh, he begins in verse 22, and he says, he's ta- speaking to wives, and he says, wives, and this is something that scares a lot of people, Submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their own, uh, to their own husbands in everything. And then he goes on to address the husbands. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And he gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself glory, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church." For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, Growing up in, in, in the manner that I did and, and, and from a, a, a family, uh, not a broken home, uh, I, my mom and dad were married for over 40 years when my mom passed away, happily married, and, uh, th- and praise God, my dad is happily married once again, and I have no problem with that. I thank God that Gail come along, and Gail, if you watch this, thank you so much for coming to my dad's rescue. I have no problem with it at all, but anyway, they were happily married, but uh, you know, when you live in a home, you see things that other people don't see, and you see the, the quirks and the, the whatever uh, they are. But one thing I never heard my dad do is I never heard him belittle or bash my mom. And I never heard my mom do the same about... Now, they argued with each other sometimes, but they never put each other down. And then our pastor, he, he, he said something, and I, and I stand by him of what he said. I cannot stand to hear a man call his wife an old lady. That is, to me, is just totally disrespectful. Uh, she's your wife. She is your bride. She is the love of your life. But we know the Christian marriage, and, the, and, and we ask these questions, and, and Summer and I just had the privilege to counsel with, with Avon and Braley, and they're newlyweds here. Woo! <laughs> they survived the geese attack and all of those things. But I want you to know, you're going to make it. 
But you're only going to make it if you keep Christ first. So I, I just wonder for a moment here, by show of hands, if you're married in this place, if you've been married from, from, from one day to five years, raise your hand. Sawyer, what? what in the world? Son, if you've been married from five years to ten years, we have yet. From, from, from 10 to 15 years, or up to 15 years, you've still been married. To 20 years, you've still been married. 20 to 25 years, you've still been married. 25 to 30 years, you're still married. 40 years, you're still married. Look at this. It's 50 plus whatever, however long, I don't know, but it goes on and on and on. But it did not come, that marriage did not last by just saying, I do. You can put a ring on it all day long, but it don't mean you love it. <laughs> We're going to get to the scripture in a moment. But, but, but first we know that there's differences in men and women, and men are simple. Or at least this man is. Uh, packing. Give me a, you know, a toothbrush, a, a, a stick of deodorant, soap, two pair of underwear, and a pair of socks, and we're good to go. <laughs> Summer packs the whole house. We need, we need a charter bus service and, and Christian tours to come in, and, and we can go for a week. I'm like, hey, just turn this shirt inside out. It's all right. Who cares? You know, uh, I don't know nobody, so I don't have to impress nobody. It don't mean anything to me. But, but, but men and women are different, and it makes no sense to me. Why would you want to pack all of this stuff? Why do we have to pack a wagon that we're not going to pull? We went to Florida one time, and I promise you, they thought the Clampets were riding down the interstate. We had 13 bicycles tied to a van that nobody rode. And we were coming back, and the, and the strap broke loose, and they were just, just swaying, going up 95. And I was like, I hope they fall off. And, uh, but we're just different. Because women are complex and they're, they're thinkers and they're, they're intuitive and they, they, they have an intuition that men don't have. And they think about what if or what if, they, what if it rains. I never think about if it rains. Well, what are we going to do if it rains? I don't know. Watch it rain. I, it's good for me. But, but men, men and women are totally different. God made us this way. But, but you, you look at colors of clothes. My, my colors in my closet are basically red, blue, white, and black. And women have all the colors. Roy G. Biv plus. <coughs> but, but men have a special talent. And it's to think of nothing. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Men absolutely don't have to be thinking about anything. And I remember my mom all the time would ask my dad the question. He'd be sitting on the couch. Honey, what are you thinking about? He's like, nothing. <laughs> now I'm thinking about why are you asking me what I'm thinking about? But it's a gift. My mind don't have to always be churning. Or, but, but women are different. And the, but the mirror lies to both men and women because men look in the mirror and they think we're still buff and all of these things. And women can, can be in a, a beautiful shape, but they just think they look overweight or something's out of place or whatever. But, but we all see something different because we're made different. But I can tell you, and I want to get all gooey and ooey or whatever, but the first time I held this lady's hand, I fell in love. My heart was beating. I promise I felt like I was going to throw up and I was terrified and I didn't know what to say because I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. But I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew the first time I looked into this woman's eyes that I was going to marry her. I didn't know when. But I fell in love with her. But even 22 years, almost 22 years later, when we still grab hands, I still have that same feeling. But it don't happen because I just said I do. And it didn't happen because I stood a little scrawny 21-year-old. I was 21 and 8 days old. On whatever side I stood on, and then just shaking, and like, oh God, what am I doing? And, and I was like, yes, hallelujah, thank you, I think we did the right thing. But we did it, we made it, we're making it. But it came because I learned to love Christ. Hear me clearly, men. I always loved my wife, but I learned to love the Lord. I learned to understand the love of Christ for His church, 
for his people. So when I began to understand that, I began to understand that my love for my wife is much deeper, much greater, and much more now than it had ever been. The last half of our marriage has been terrific. I mean, it's just been wonderful. The first half wasn't terrible, but I was an idiot. She wasn't. But even now, almost 22 years later, I still have trouble saying bye on the phone. You know, when you first start dating, no, you hang up first, you hang up, no, you hang up. Or that's how we did. Now you maybe text. No, you stop texting, you stop texting. Maybe you send a, a GIF. Is that what they're called? GIF, GIF, whatever, emoji, or whatever. They're going back and forth. Some, we still do it. But it's not because we're, we're in love, but you fall in love only with you. When you fall in love with the Lord, you will truly fall in love with your spouse. You will truly fall in love with your spouse. But men and women are different, and, and there's, a, there's a part of us uh, in the relationship that handles finances better than the other. I'm not that guy. She is. Find out who it is and let them handle it. And, and, and don't touch it. Time. Time management. I am, I am irritated about time. I get very aggravated about time. I am. And she is too. But not as much. And, and it's just some, some of us are different. And we, 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 we have different things. And organizational skills. I don't really know who in our, our life is. Uh, we're kind of both uh, mediocre. <laughs> um, we kind of know where our own things are. But that's about it. She don't make socks. It drives me nuts. But I've learned after 22 years, it really don't matter. I've learned to wear mixed match socks. I won't wear a footie and a knee high like Summer, but I'm just not that person. <clears throat> if you ever see her with jeans on and you can't see her feet, she's got shoes on, she probably has a knee high and a footie on. And probably one of them is purple and the other one's green. It just don't matter to her. She's like, this battle don't even matter to me. It don't matter. But then there are those that are sensitive and others are more not. And, and, and honestly, quite honestly, probably the most sensitive one in the relationship with myself. And you would be surprised. Summer's hardcore. Yeah, woo. She's not that hardcore. But love is an action. It's a verb. And, and you don't always, or love don't always feel good. You choose to fall out of love by choosing not to love. So God established very distinct roles in the marriage, in Christian marriage, in, in the family, in the husband and wife. So back in verse 23, he said, The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he, Christ, is the Savior of the body. Now being the head don't mean that you're the, you're the whatever, but men, as the head of the home, we have a responsibility given to us by God. Most, most of the time, well, I ain't going to jump ahead of myself. But it's not being, that being said, the head, not, and that's not being sexist or, or denying the importance of the woman. It's not that at all. Because women do mighty work for the Lord. And, and trust me, summer is... She's right there. But, but countless churches, the fact of the matter is women do it so much in the church because, and I'm going to just say men are, because most men are lazy, countless churches would fall apart if it were not for the dedicated women that serve at the church. Because men have been lazy for so long because they've been bored, but they've been bored because they don't love the Lord. They only love the idea of what he can do. And we want, to, we want to stroke our macho status. But women, the woman plays an important role and an important part in the man's life. And we cannot forget that. That's why God made him, the man, a helpmate. In Genesis 2 and verse eight, but, but, uh, or 18, but the husband is to be the leader of the house. But most of the, often the husband is not the leader of the house because the husband only cares about making money or doing certain ideas or things. The idea of a husband to be the lead or the head of the home isn't just financial. And in fact, if your wife makes more than you, who cares? It ain't talk, we're not talking about money. You can have all the riches in the world, but if you, if you, have no, if you don't have love, you don't have anything. So God made him a helpmate. 
But again, the husband's the leader of the home, uh, but, but the, uh, or directing the family, per se, to God. Directing the family, making sure that, that, that we, are, we are in this thing. So God designed men to do so, and, and when God gave directions, God didn't give them to, to Eve, He gave them to Adam. So when Adam and Eve, they sinned, it was Adam that God sought and God reprimanded Adam. But God said, cursed is the ground for your sake, in the, uh, in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. So, so woman was guilty, but, and she was included in the curse, but it was man that was reprimanded because man was told to guide. But for so long and so many generations, man has failed to guide and man has failed to be the spiritual leader in the home, if you will, because all man has thought about is dollar and, and things and stuff. So, so uh, the woman was included in this, but it was the man again who was held accountable. So God intended for the man to lead the home. How? The Bible teaches that the man is to rule the home with love. Rule the home with love. You can, you can whip somebody with a belt all day long and it don't mean nothing. Love. Love. Love goes a long, long, long way. God said to Eve, your, your desire shall be, in, in Genesis 3.16, your desire shall be to your husband and he shall rule over you. Now this don't mean slave. Her desire changed from God to the husband, because she followed the leading of the husband that led her wrong. Now, the men, I'm, I'm not, we're not here to fight. I'm not here to beat you up and beat you down. I'm just saying there's a God-given responsibility that the man needs to take on. And it's, we need to step up, if you will, and, and be the father. I was preaching the last week about the fathers in the faith, and be that. Paul wrote back in, and again, in, in that verse 23, for the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Again, it doesn't mean that she's your slave. God didn't take Eve from the foot. He didn't, take a, he didn't take a foot bone and make Eve. He took a rib. He took it from the side, under the arm. God took that from, from there. So their equal in man is to protect the woman. Plain and simple. Man's to protect her. Uh, so so the, the man is the protector, but he's to be the head of the home, leading it in love. It is God who established the relationship and authority. So, so, so going against that will not bring good results. Going against that will, will bring hard times, and when we try to do it our way, the result is not good. When you think you know better, and you think you can handle it, and you think you can do this or do that, most often we run to God when we find ourselves in a big, huge mess. But if you'll run to God every single day, guess what? A lot of the times the messes will be avoided. The Bible plainly tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So when we ask for God's direction, when we ask for God's wisdom, even if it's buying a raptor with fire red seeds, and He says no! You listen. You listen. So we seek Him in all things. So, so we talk about the husband and we know that the husband is to be the head of the home and to love it and, and to, to love the wife as, he, as Christ loved the church to lay down His life. Oh, what? It ain't about you no more. I just told Avon and, and, and Braley, I told him, him off, Avon, you ain't making decisions for you no more. So, it ain't what you want. It's what's good for y'all. The same applies for all of us. The decision ain't about me. Because when it's about me, it becomes selfish and self-driven and self-motivated. And all of this is about me and me and me. And I exclude my wife and I'm pushing her away. Because as long as I can get what I want, no, I don't work. Because quite frankly, most of the time, the wife don't care what kind of motorcycle or what it looks like. Or, or, or what fishing rods. You don't care if it's a five barren or, a, or, a, or, a, or, a, or an open face or a Zepco 33. She don't care. Unless she's all into fishing. I mean, that's good, but she don't care. But she's going to nod her head and smile and act like you do. But when, when she's talking to you about something, about Pinterest ad, then I'm like, I can't wait to tell your subject. 
we want to listen. We want to be listened to, but we don't want to listen. So anyway, uh, God is, or, or the Holy Spirit is addressing the husband and and and, and the wife in in First Timothy five and verse fourteen. Uh, we we read that I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide. I want you women to to circle this. Men also highlight, underline whatever you need to do in your Bibles, on your phone. To guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak uh, reproachfully. So the man is the head, but guess who's running it? It, it, The Bible tells us. Listen, there's a lot of truth that the man is the head of the home, but the wife's the neck that turns the head. And I don't know me, I'm like, not my house. We're going, we're going to get here. So the man's the head of the home while the woman is the manager. She guides it. So the statement again that, that the man's the head, the wife's the neck that turns the head, it's true. Paul wrote, she is to marry and have children and guide the house. The Greek word for guide is, is kathodigo. Or however you want to say it. I don't care how you say it. But it means to manage or conduct their homes. Because quite frankly, I don't care what color the walls are. I'm not good with color charts and palettes, and I just don't matter to me. But to to let the wife manage, what does that mean? To let her run. Listen, they, they women are intuitive. They're thinkers. They're. they're Give, listen, if you have a group of guys, and I'm not trying to be, but as long as you have a group of guys and one has gas, we're okay. We don't need a TV. We don't need anything. We're that simple. And I know this sounds crazy, but I'm just trying to bring it down to, women are, we're, this is, I'm not saying we're dumb, but this is, this is our, our thinking. But women, they, they guide, let them guide the home. Let them manage the home. Let them, let them plan the things. So it's biblical for the wife to manage the house. It's her responsibility. And most definitely, it should be allowed. So, so women are much more suited for this than the man because they pay more attention to detail than men do. Summer can tell you what people coming southbound on 85 are wearing. I don't, how, how, and she's driving. I don't even know what she's wearing and she's riding in the car with me. How do you, I don't know, how does this work? But there's something we read of in the Bible in Proverbs 31 and and many of you probably know where I'm going and, and it's talking about the virtuous woman. And it's a good thing. But you read in Psalm 31, beginning with verse 10, I'm going to read through 31, says, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that, sh- that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like a merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion of her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants the vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle goes not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Uh, Yes, she reaches forth her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, uh, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Uh, Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it, delivers uh, girdles unto the merchant, strength strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is is the law of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household and eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. 
Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her uh, of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And this is speaking of a virtuous woman and, and, and uh, I can say I know my wife because I'm, I'm married obviously to her. I have found a good thing. She is a virtuous woman. And, 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 uh, but I also am reminded when I read this and I think, well, what does the man do? <laughs> man, she's spinning wool, buying fields. <laughs> she's making, making coats. And, and the man's up in the house sitting by the fireplace like what I did. <laughs> this is, honey, come here. This is awesome. And she's in there milking cows and and, and, and everything. But it all works. It's not a competition. It's not a competition at all. When, when marriage becomes a competition to who does more, it's wrong. So the virtuous woman, and I thank God for my wife, there's no rank based on gender. Submission in God's Word doesn't mean inequality. And if you're in Christ, there is no preference based on race, class, nationality, education, or gender, male or female. Galatians 3, verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So when you look at your wife as less than you, you're in big trouble. Well, didn't, didn't Paul say the women should be quiet in the church? Learn the Bible. When we learn to love our wives and wives learn to love their husbands as Christ loved the church, it's not going to be a competition if I, if I milk the cows and I make goat cheese and, and all of those things and the man sits in there and he, he rubbed two sticks together and got a fire going. It don't matter about that. What matters is that they're working in harmony and unity as God designed the family, but they're working in it together for one purpose, to glorify the Lord. So that people will see Him through them. Because when the family unit is solid, and it is, and when, it, when, it's, when, it's, when it's biblical, and it's, 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 they're looking to Christ as the, as the head, and they understand that they're just the body, I can't do anything without Him, then people are drawn. The family's broken. Summer preached on it a few weeks ago, and, and the statistically speaking, believer or non-believer... I'm not talking about go to church or don't go to church. Believer or non-believer, the, the divorce rate is no different. There is no difference. That should break our hearts. Why? Because people treat marriage as a test drive. It's not a test drive. I don't look like I did on July 11th, 1998. But she don't either. Hey, listen, you change. But love is not based on the physical. That's just more me to love. Stroke your fingers through my skin. <laughs> I woke up the other night, she was on my head going, <laughs> she wasn't. Here I go. Let me just, let me get back. So God has established a pattern and He's assigned specific responsibilities to the husband and to the wife and, and they complement one another. It's a partnership. And, and when operating as God intended, they become a unit. Where two become one. They become a unit. And they function. The Word says in what? Genesis 2 and verse 24. And it also said it in here. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh to, to leave and cleave. Leave it to cleaver. <laughs> what is that? Leave it to beaver. I know it wasn't leave it to cleaver. I was like, that is not right. Oh, Lord Jesus. So, so you become one flesh. Today's society is different than my day, and my day was different than the, the generation before, and so forth and so on. 
Because now you hear all these stories. People might, oh, when I was 17, I already worked three jobs, and I, I mean, I was pulling in $150,000 a year, and you are, you're the one playing a video game. If we don't teach, and all we do is criticize and bash and push people's heads down, how are they going to learn? It's, it's what I, I remember going to my grandparents' 50th wedding. I remember going to your grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. And it was awesome. And I thought, man, this is so cool. I can't wait till my 50th anniversary. I can't wait till that golden anniversary. I don't know what I'm going to get. Or you. I ain't going to get nothing. What am I going to get you? But I look forward to every day with my wife, not so we can say, hey, let's mark another one off the books. We made it. No, because I have learned to truly love her. But it's because I have learned to love Christ and specifically understand that His work is finished. He loved me enough to make the work completely finished that so I didn't have to do anything but show up and be a recipient of what He has. So, so the, the man leaves and cleaves. Don't go ask your mama for advice. Don't. And don't you dare call your mama when you don't feel good. Let your wife take care of it. Summer kicked me in the throat when I called my mama. And I was like, I'll never call her again. <laughs> she didn't care. She did not. She call your mama one more time. <laughs> she, she did. But when many hear the term submission, and here we go, Jason, pay attention. <laughs> what I want you to do is take your arm and wrap it around Sam, Tammy's neck. Don't, just, don't do that. <laughs> so when they, they hear this term submission, they either cringe or, or, or they just push it away or they shut down uh, because and, and they, they don't understand. And men were like, oh yeah, submit. Submission, that's, that's good. Some will say wives should submit to their husbands even if they're unsaved. I want to tell you what the Bible says. Back to 22 through 24, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. But Exodus 20, verse 16 tells us to not bear false witness. So, so for a wife to submit to a husband that is not saved, listen, there is certain areas that they will, but to do things that are contrary to God's word, God will not bless that. He's not going to bless that. The word of, of the Lord comes first in all things. Hebrews 13 verse 17 tells us to obey them who have rule over us. But, in, but everything is subject to God. Everything is subject to, to God. So, so to put anyone or anything above God is sin. For... for I'm trying to add my head while I'm, while I'm pausing. For nine years, I put my wife before the Lord. I loved her. But I put her before my relationship with the Lord. Why? Because I, I loved her. I didn't, really, I didn't really love her until I learned to love Him. I loved the Lord, but I didn't love Him more than I loved her. And y'all may think, well, that's nuts. That's, that's the truth. Because I would have done anything in the world for her. But for the Lord, eh, all I did was run from His call. And all I did was push Him further away because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I wanted to establish our marriage. And I wanted to provide for my kids. And I wanted us to have whatever it was. Oceanfront property in Arizona. And then I found out there was no beach there. And it was terrible. And no, I didn't, I, I didn't really believe that. <laughs> but I learned to love, and I fell in love with the Lord. And I fell all in, lo uh, in love all over again with my wife. So in, but, but, but we're not to, to do anything that is before God or put anything before Him. So if the husband asks... 
the wife to do anything or that violates the word, then those those are things the wife shouldn't or 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 don't should not do. But in order for wives to submit to their husband as the scriptures say, listen carefully, fellas, give them something to submit to. Be the man of God that he has called you to be. That does not mean pointing fingers. Or go fix me a sandwich. When men will step up and be men that God has called them to be, and that does not, that does not mean that we, we just go on a trip a year and, and, and act like we're good golfers. That's not... That's, I mean, if it was plus strokes, I'm, I'm all there. I thought like I thought 187 was good. So I found that it should have been like 87. But but we think what we think makes us a man is there's so much more to it. It's learning to weep before the Lord and get on your face before God and seek him in all that there is and everything. Ask him for direction. Pray for your wives. Every morning from four anywhere from four o'clock to four seventeen. We're praying. Or she's nodding and agreeing with me, and she prays later. But we're praying. But I always begin. I pray and I thank God, but I always pray for my family first. I pray for my wife first. And I pray for my children and my, my, my daughter in law first before anything else. Because family is vital, but they will never be vital if your relationship with Him is not first. So, so husbands have to give their wives something to submit to, a godly love. A godly love. For the husbands, when's the last time your wife saw you weep before the Lord? When's the last time they saw you pour your heart out to Him? Not her, Him. God, I can't do anything without you. When's the last time they heard you in there crying out for the Lord to, to move in their life and in their family and in their relationship. Not that anything's wrong. Lord, just have your way. Because over the years, I've, I've accumulated a bunch of junk. But God, I don't want any of it if it don't matter to you. I want you to have your way, Lord. I want to fall in love with you. And I want to walk beside the one that you've joined me together with. Yes, marriages are made in heaven, but they're worked out here on earth. And you can't say, well, God just put us together and think it's just going to be all hunky-dory. He may have put you together, and, and, and He does. But if you do nothing to build that and prolong that and to keep that, then guess what? It's going to fall apart. We were talking about the Grand Canyon last night. Havasu Falls. Man, if you ever want a beautiful place to go. I, I've never been there, but I've seen pictures. Havasu Falls in Arizona is nice. Maybe we should take a church trip there. I don't think we'd take the bus. That'd be too far. But anyway, uh, I was going there with the Grand Canyon, but I got sidetracked. We were talking about the Grand Canyon, and, and it's, there is no words to describe what you see. But that didn't just happen. Or when you see ground eroded away, and all of a sudden it's just, man, what happened here? It didn't just happen. It happened over time. Happened, the enemy works subtly, but God works suddenly. What the enemy has been destroyed, listen, what he's been destroying for months, years, weeks, whatever it may be, God can suddenly turn it around and fix it just like that. But we've got to let him. We've got to let him. Have I done things that are stupid and bonehead? Yes. But guess what she never did? She never reminded me about it. Ever. Nor have I. I don't, I don't, that's how less of stupid things she's, I never even remember. Of course, I don't remember good anyway, but. God's, God said to the woman at the well, go and sin no more. Or Jesus said that. If that's good enough, and it was for Jesus, then what's our problems? 
If you want a healthy marriage, look forward and never behind. You learn from history, you don't repeat it. You look forward and never behind. So husbands, give your wife something to submit to. A marriage is a living and ever-changing relationship that involves give and take both sides. And again, it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. Again, they're made in heaven but lived on earth. Men are responsible. Men and women both are responsible for the upkeep. A successful marriage requires daily maintenance and dedication. We got some free peppers uh, from, from Buffalo Shoals, and we've really been taking care of those things. Uh, we planted them by the pool so the water would splash out in water, and we were thinking, <laughs> I almost fart one. I was like, they'll be doing cannonballs. The water will go over. It will water the plants, and there we go. And we got watermelon and, and some kind of flowers that uh, Mary Jane gave us. And we got all kinds of stuff over there that grows. And then there's stuff that grows we don't want to grow. But the things we want to keep, we have to maintain. We have to take care of. Israel had a perfect, a beautiful example a few weeks ago talking about his garden. And he's been taking care of his garden. And he got to reap a, a beautiful harvest of squash and whatever else you got out there. I don't remember, but I knew squash was in there. But it didn't come by not doing anything. So marriage is a relationship. It's an interaction between the husband and wife. And everything must be reciprocal. Give and take both sides. Both sides. I encourage you, men, go on dates with your wives. Every Friday night was our pastor's date night with his wife. No matter what you have going on. I mean, of course, that's after his kids were out, out of the house. And it didn't matter what you had going on. We did, we did outreach every Friday night. Guess where my pastor was? On a date with his wife. He wasn't at the outreach, and it didn't hurt our feelings. And we know he supported us, and we knew he loved us. Love your wife. Speak to her. Communicate to her. Most marriages begin to fall apart when the interaction stops, when they start to withdraw from one another and live their own separate lives. So the whole girl's night out and the whole boy's night out is a terrible idea. Terrible idea. There is nothing more important or should not be more important to you than one, your relationship with the Lord, two, your relationship with your spouse. Girl's night, boy's night is trouble. That because there's some girl in there or some guy in there that don't really, ain't all into being married and all they want to do is talk about how bad it is and try to talk you out of it. It's not a good thing. I'm not saying you can't fellowship with women and men. I'm saying don't cut your spouse out of the picture for your night. Because remember, you are joined together as one. As one, of course, Women's going to go shopping sometime. God, shop your feet off. I mean, whatever you want to do. I ain't no shopper. I'll sit in the car for four hours, but I ain't walking in no store for 30 minutes. But anyway, the, we, we work on those, and, and they begin to fall apart when the, when the interaction is going away. And, and we get rid of those things. So, so what happens is when that begins to take place, you often have two single people, though they're married, living in the same house. They, they might sleep in the same bed and even, even have a married couples fellowship, if you know what I'm talking about. But, but they, don't, they don't feel like they are one. Because they're living two separate lives. In reality, they're, they're, they're growing further and further apart. We can't make demands that only the Lord can provide. So if we're trying to, you just said it this morning, uh, you can't address an internal problem with external issues. You've got to allow the Lord to change you, me, first. I haven't, I, Lord, I ain't never prayed for the Lord to change my wife. Lord, change me. Change me, Lord. 
Show me what I need to be, where I, what needs to go. So it's so important for both to understand that every answer you need is found in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Period. You got to both be on the same page, on the same sentence, on the page, on the same letter on the page. We told David, uh, it feels like he's called into a ministry, whatever it may be. But, but we told him, and Braley, if you don't support that, it's going to be heck. You, you, you gotta, it's got to be together. We were told when we were young, we, their concern was we were, our family was too involved in ministry. I was like, what a dumb concern. I was like, man, we're all in. This is what we are. This is who we are. This is what God has called us to do. We, we minister together. We, we serve together. We, we weep together and laugh. We laugh a lot together. So, so when, when both are placing their faith in the finished work of Christ and not in each other, then the Holy Spirit's become very active in the relationship. See, because for nine years, my faith was in my wife. Because quite honestly, for nine years, I played the game and I played it well. I mean, I loved the Lord, but it wasn't... I didn't really love the Lord. So when I began to have, when my faith moved from her and the things that I were doing to his finished work, then the Holy Spirit began to move in our lives like never before. He began to pour out in our lives like he had never before. So the, so the answer to marital problems is Christ. So, so it's placing our faith in the finished work and allowing the Holy Spirit to work. How can your faith in Christ and His finished work at Calvary increase the quality of your marriage? Or how can your lack of faith decrease the quality of marriage? It is the Holy Spirit that makes all the difference. All the difference. Because when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to have His way, not only in you, but in your marriage... I can promise you it will be better. So the Holy Spirit, why? Because He's our, our helper, our comforter. In all things, including the marriage, the Holy Spirit is the greatest marriage counselor ever. But, 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 but people will say, uh, I don't know about that. No, He's the greatest counselor ever, but again... That's dependent upon our faith in the finished work because that's how He operates. We don't want to frustrate the grace of God. But let Him work. Luke 9 and 23, we, we, we know this. He said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Listen, we're talking about your personal relationship with the Lord, but also your relationship one with another. I, I, can, I can speak from, from experience. And, I, and it may, if it does you any good, then good. But I feel like I need to say this. I chased the dollar for a long time. And I, had, I made plenty of them. But I was miserable. And, and, and Summer got to a point to where she said, this is what she told me, I didn't marry you to raise two, that time we had two kids, to raise two kids alone. Well, I was like, what are you talking about, man? I'm bringing the money home and, and you're enjoying it. She didn't care. So men get this providing part misconstrued that one, he, yeah, we need to work. Hello. Please work. But your job is not more important than your wife and your family. That, I'll just leave that alone. But deny ourselves. So back to verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and He gave Himself for it. Listen, again, you don't, you do matter, but you don't matter. In, in the marriage relationship, it's all about us. 
When, when we place our faith in Christ and His finished work, when we deny ourselves, we're, we're hey, I don't matter anymore. I'm understanding completely that, that I can't do my marriage, my spiritual marriage, my marriage with Christ. I can't do anything without you. It ain't about me. Pride kills everything. It, it destroys the marriage and it comes before the fall. So verse 28 in Ephesians 5, so, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. If you truly love uh, your wife, then you, then you love you. Why? Because you're one. You're one. Yet yeah, summer still squeezes toothpaste till there's nothing. She cuts the top off and rubs the toothbrush in the thing. I'm like, it's it's 87 cents. Well, it's real. There's there's not a shortage of Colgate or Crest. I don't even know what we use. So we whatever whatever she brings on, we use. I don't. It don't matter. But whatever. And the kids, they have the, the stuff on the top of the toothpaste. It's gross. They never clean it off. And I'm like, yeah, just throw that in the trash. But we're all different. But we work together. For what? For one reason, one purpose. To glorify the Lord. So ought to love, we ought to love their, our wives as our own body. If we love our wife, we love ourselves. Verses 30 through 31 says, For we are members of His body, of His flesh, of His bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife, as they too shall be one flesh. Thank God. My dad said, and he was always taught, when you have a son, you have a son till he finds a wife. But when you have a daughter, you have one for life. Because we leave. See ya. If we didn't have Arlo and they didn't come here, I might talk to Noah once a month. <laughs> and it ain't that we don't love each other. It's just this is what it is. I've accepted that. Hope's more important than me. Praise God. You should you should, man, she looks a lot better than me anyway. You should really be loving her. But, but we, we, we join together as one and we function as one. And this is how Christ desired, the Lord desired and designed it to be so that you would not function as two separate people because society has done everything in the world to tear apart the families and it starts in the marriage because men are made out to be morons who don't want nothing but, but uh, fantasies fulfilled and all of these things and they made women out to be money hungry bums who just are gold diggers and, and that's all they have so the men buy into it and the women do too but that's not what God designed. God made us to be uh, one, to function as one for one purpose so that we could be a representative of the unity of, of spiritual marriage, if you will, because that's what He likes. That's what He desires. So, so uh, uh, and, 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 and as far as relationships go, sex outside of marriage is still sin. And you can't make it right. God forgives, and He and, and, and He does, and you move on. But but you got to be married. And marriage is so much more than physical. We need to pray for our families. You need to be lifting up your husband and wife. You need to be praying for this generation that's coming that they may see what a family is. Because brokenness most often creates more brokenness. But only God restores, can restore and will restore what has been broken. Again, the devil works subtly. And it could have been going on for months or years or whatever it may be. But God can fix it just like that if we will allow Him to. So what should the marriage, the Christian marriage look like? Two couples walking in, finely dressed, land. Nah. It should look like Terrence and Melissa and Sam and Kathy. And, or me and Summer, or Beth, Beth and Matt, or, 
or Dennis and Leslie. Or, it, 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 there's no physical. It's what we are doing. What are we doing? Serving the Lord. Asking Him to move and have His way. No, we're not perfect. Yes, we're going to get on each other's nerves, but we're going to still move on. But marriage has become so, so uh, demonized almost. And, 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 and let me tell you, divorce is, is not an option. It should never be an option when going into a marriage. But it's been treated like that so people's physical or spiritual uh, aspect of what they think spiritually has what they have seen physically through the physical marriage that they think, well, I'm going to try it. If I don't like it, I'm just going to leave. Let me tell you something. That's not how it works. You can't sue God for alimony or child support. There's nothing. You, you, you give all because He gave all. So we need to really begin to seek the Lord for our families and our wives and husbands and, and make sure that we're covering them in prayer. <coughs> Again, your number one <coughs> value. <coughs> Good Lord, I feel like I've sucked down a jelly bean or something. <laughs> I don't know what that feels like. I don't, I don't remember anyway. But <laughs> God, that's so stupid. <laughs> your number one value in life should be your relationship with the Lord. Your person. Your number two should be your spouse. Period. Not your job. Not your bank account. None of it. Because we've been broke. And we've been not so broke. But we've always been happy either way. We've laughed over a bowl of ramen noodles. And we've laughed at a, at a Japanese steakhouse. I'm trying to think of some fancy place that was... Better than Burger King. <laughs> Shulas. Yeah, Shulas. The, the physical things and, 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 and the material things, they don't matter. Because at the end of the day, when you're, when you're laying there, it don't matter if you're laying your head on a MyPillow.com or a stain pillow from Drool Stains. It don't make no difference. <laughs> That's Summer's pillow, not mine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was one of the kids that came in there and did it. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's you. But, but your love will continue to grow one for another as your love for the Lord grows. Because we sang that song this morning, He just keeps on getting better. Keeps on getting better. He keeps on getting better. Marriage just keeps on getting better it does John and Tonda how long y'all been married holy lord Tonda you put up with him that long <laughs> it keeps on getting better it does how because the lord that's, what, that's how good he is he blesses he blesses so I encourage you strongly, men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Lay down everything for her. Set up a whatever you want to do, date night, whatever, with just you and her, not friends. Love them. Cherish them. Because the family is so important. If it were not important, God would not have established marriage. And yes, marriage is between one man and one woman. One naturally born man and one naturally born woman. And everybody can get mad about it if you want to. I don't care. It's a beautiful thing. But pray for the Lord to protect that. I want, uh, Vanessa, I know I, don't, I put you on the spot often, but if you can find something to play. Uh, I was going to ask Terrence to play, but I want you guys to pray with your spouses. That the Lord will continue to pour out. Pray one for another. Just the beauty of marriage. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I, can, I can tell you, uh, as I would go and visit with Mary Jane and, and Bill, I saw the beauty of marriage. 
She was the manager of the house, the caretaker, the caregiver, the everything. But you wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Even down to the last breath. You cherish it. Sister Gunner, you cherish that. You, you hold that with all that's within you because God joined that together. And He will bless it. Always. If you will let him. So as she plays, whatever it is she may play, I want you to come and uh, pray, pray with your spouse if you're, if you're not married, and if you're widowed or whatever. I encourage you to find somebody to pray over because you've got some wisdom there that the Lord has blessed you with. And just pray for, for, for each other that the Lord will continue to lead you and guide you and keep you. Oh.
run the race together. family is just that important and uh, we need to be the family of God and to help one another out uh, so we love you guys and uh, if you need us you know how to get a hold of us but I can tell you uh, that, that, that our marriage has become what it is uh, just just through trucking on <laughs> if you will and uh, allowing the Lord to just move and change us so uh, we love you guys. Uh, tomorrow, more you Monday, um, Tuesday prayer, and uh, Wednesday service. Thursday, Liz, and uh, what? Friday Bible study. Saturday, if y'all just won't show up Saturday, <laughs> so whatever, might as well. I mean, we're, but uh, anyway, yeah. And Sunday is Father's Day. Woo! So we all like socks. Don't forget. <laughs> we'll be blessed and we'll see you soon. Hey.